0: Welcome to the First Five Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Corey, and I'm joined by my co-host... Drew Gotrow. And today, uh, we have our Christmas episode. If you're watching this, it is Christmas Day, so Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we are joined today by, uh, well, recent winner of the Ghost Roast Comedy Competition. Uh, please welcome to the podcast, Raven.
1: Hello. Yep. I have applause for myself. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, this is our first Christmas episode. I, I thought about like putting Christmas trees and Santa hats everywhere. But we, we want to talk about Ghost Roast because that was a recent win. Uh, and you went up against, well, you went up against a pretty heavy hitter in the comedy scene and you came out on top on that. So what was that like?
1: Yeah, you know... I, uh, have always avoided roasts because on a personal level, I would cry if mm-hmm. someone roasted me, <laughs> right. I would definitely take it personally and cry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so being able to get into character, I was Edgar Allan Poe. Um, it was just a nice escape. Um, I started performing by doing drag when I was in college, mm-hmm. so, for me with comedy uh getting on stage isn't necessarily the hard part uh and getting to play a character is even more fun because Mm -hmm. it you know kind of reminds me more of like the drag aspect of Mm -hmm. pretending to be somebody else Mm -hmm. um but me and tyler have been knowing each other for so long now uh And I'm a big wrestling fan. He was Macho Man, Randy Savage. And it was a pleasure to get to take him down, honestly. uh, When it was happening, it felt really good inside. (laughs) It felt truly very good.
0: You won, right? Yeah. David Koresh, you won, so...
1: So we'll be facing off at the next one. Our little group. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: the little group, yeah.
1: Uh, I thought that... (sighs) We had such a killer group, like it's it's so important to pick like a funny mm-hmm. character, like mm-hmm. you, you were David Kresh, killer, cult leader, come on
2: mm-hmm.
1: Edgar Allan Poe, uh cousin child Marrier, right? yeah, <laughs> drunk poet, just everything good.
3: yeah, there was a discussion going on with talking about it like it was like, well, do you pick someone that would be hard to roast because you get to win? And I was like, well, I didn't think about it that way. I picked someone who I thought would be fun to roast.
1: Yeah. That would be fun to
3: be. I was like, because you don't really win anything other than you get to come back. Like, (laughs) it would be better to have a a funny show. You know what I mean? Like, if you pick someone (laughs) no one can roast, it's like, well, you won, but
0: you kind of brought the show down a little. Yeah. You kind (laughs) of. yeah the show wasn't (laughs) as funny as it could have been yeah we're not all like really experienced roasters and so if you set somebody up to have like a a tough roast right you know it's kind of lame right Uh, like i'm gonna be steve jobs in
2: a few weeks here actually it's two weeks or
0: or a week from monday i guess it'll be before christmas uh so i won't be able to talk about it for until next year but uh I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think there's all kinds of like terrible stuff you can say about Steve Jobs, but he's yeah. also kind of an asshole, and so he can be a a good roaster.
1: Right. Yeah. Definitely like and anybody that has like that iconic look mm-hmm. or persona mm-hmm. yeah. is just an excellent it's an excellent choice. I mm-hmm. I'm honestly so glad that I took part in it. I'm always like in my head up until like the moment it right. happens, but once mm-hmm. I was up there, it was just like Honestly, like one of the, f- the first times I felt like really good about myself when I was on stage doing comedy, mm-hmm. um, like whenever y'all were introducing me, I had said like, I don't really call myself a comic. I don't like to introduce myself that way because I think for me that just like puts so much pressure mm-hmm. uh, because I think like definitely you have to practice to get good but I would want to be exceptional to call myself that. Right. That's why I prefer performer or entertainer because I've also done uh, drag and other things as well.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, 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 you're like sort of like a multi, like a hyphenate kind of thing in terms of like having a lot of different things that you're involved in. You know, I've been given a lot of thought to that lately and I've had to come to terms with something like there's something that has not happened yet that. So I haven't figured there's an angle. There's something I haven't figured something out yet. And until I do, it's just going to be that was a good joke. That one needs work. But it it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm I'm a comic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me personally, like I can't even say that I've written a punchline. Like if I think about my jokes, they're very conversational. It's very story based or like real life things. Mm -hmm. But like I can't say that I've like hit that thing yet i think Mm -hmm. recently like man i the first time i did comedy i think it was 2016 so it's not something new to me uh but by like that first or second year they had like that was uh robert Rao was still running Mm -hmm. the open mic at the station and by like that end of like in that first year of me doing comedy he let me do like a 30 minute closing set and shit i was like i i had josh watts host it i was like Mm -hmm. josh you're gonna go before me and then charles thomas and then maggie you're gonna go and then i'm gonna go yeah like it was
3: your special Yeah,
1: (laughs) maggie is just like obviously it's like talent (laughs) talent talent and it's like literally for the first like I guess the five years of comedy, I solely was telling jokes about like a tampon getting stuck in my pussy after sex. Right. So it's just like <laughs> I just I don't know. Uh, it's it's interesting to see the growth and how you really do have to keep at it because mm-hmm. there was a point like I told those jokes over and over again for years and they were tired. I was tired of them. Mm-hmm it was sad. I just felt, it felt like hollow. Right. And then not, like, honestly, this year I started writing again and that I think is the key to developing mm-hmm. things. You have mm-hmm. to write and like constantly.
0: Yeah. I have to write through a lot of hack before I start to feel like I'm actually getting into something. Like if I my whole process almost exclusively is I have a vague idea about a premise. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I don't don't know. We've, I want to compare notes about this because when I, I, when I have an idea, I don't know what's funny about it yet. I just know "Mm, this is funny. And it's up to me obviously to to, to articulate why, but the point Mm -hmm. is it starts off so vague. Like, let's talk about your joke because you, you recently unveiled something, uh, and we were all there to see it mm-hmm. and it, and you were first, and it was your first joke of the night, right mm-hmm. and it it destroyed the room, it turned yeah. the room upside down, and that had to have felt good. I know everybody was coming up to you afterwards and telling you how great it was. What is it? How did that joke start for you because you only recently took an interest in the subject matter around the joke, right yeah, um, yeah, it's about wrestling, and I
3: just started getting into wrestling because. Uh, well, like Tyler's big into wrestling. Honestly, and a
1: lot... every comedian. Yeah. That, like, and a uh, lot of
3: times I feel left out in the hang. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know? I do. I, I know some of what they're talking about. Uh huh. Because I mean, I'm a boy. Like I've always had, been a, aware of what's going on in wrestling, kinda, mm-hmm. but not too much. So I got into it, and usually I get into something if I did kind of start to like it immediately. So then I just like dive into it where yeah. it's the only which it's kind of been hurting it's been hurting my writing a lot. I haven't <laughs> been working on stand up because I've been watching <laughs> that but I think what it was was because I actually like I had an idea mm-hmm. instead of like trying to write and come up with something I came up with an idea and I was like thinking about it like I kind of told pretty much the for the most part the bit to my life Where I was like, you know what's funny about this wrestling stuff? I was like, it's so hyper masculine, you know. Like, Mm -hmm. I said, but it really is like the most feminine thing ever, right? And if you get down to it, you know, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, and like even most of the tags were like things I had said to her, but then when I wrote it, I made it better. But that was um like an anomaly compared to how it usually it's way way too long, you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. It gets tight, and then I'll rewrite it shorter and shorter. Mm -hmm. And, like, sitting down in that one session, it can get shorter. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, go do it on stage, and then you find out it's still way too long. You know, there's still way too much stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Or even certain sentences can be said better, you know? Yeah. 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 And uh, there was, like, I wrote it out, like, four times or something, and it got a little tighter. But the first original first draft... Was tighter than a usual first draft of a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think maybe part of it too is I I'll, I'll have a different like mindset to writing a joke because a lot of times I'll write a joke, I have like an idea for a premise and I'm trying to like make, I'm trying like to s- try to say as many funny things as I can. Mm hmm. And while I I was writing this one, like I wrote it and I was like, the first time I wrote it, I was like, damn, this is not, uh, there's not much here. Yeah. And I know it's only going to get small. And at first I was kind of bummed out because I'm like, I barely, the whole thing is like you want to gradually get more and more material and it's such a long road. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Every time you think you wrote five minutes, it turns into (laughs) two minutes or one. Mm -hmm. And And I was like, man, this is, this probably wouldn't even be a minute. It, does, it was like, it's a page. It's like right. a page, and then a couple lines on the back of that page is all it is. Right. And I was like, but I don't have anything else to say. And then I was like, I thought about it, and I was like, well, then there's nothing else to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, giving people, like, le- letting breathing room, you know? Like, giving people some air is acceptable, and honestly, more people should do it. Yeah. You know, like, I think a lot of people are like, I have... Four minutes. I have five minutes. I need to say as many things as possible and hit all these words in here so mm. that people will, like, remember me for some reason. And a lot of times you're, like, tripping over yourself. I think, Drew, like, you're very excellent at the, uh, like, the switcheroo. Like, you know, you're talking. It's very much leading you in one direction and then you flip it. And mm-hmm. it's just, I've honestly, I, I like... Am the worst comic uh, participant. Like I sit and um, don't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have been blatantly rude. Like I'm a I'm alcohol free, <laughs> but who fuck? Whenever I first started doing comedy, I was just like loud sighing when people said things I didn't like, I'd be like, Oh God. Oh
2: God. You know? And like,
1: I'm not, I don't, I feel like I still do that now pretty much, but, uh, it's very impressive to see somebody like with, with these fresh takes, especially because like, I mean, for me, being in a sea of male voices, it's, I tune it out very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I, it's it's cool to see new faces, like, catching my attention. People that are, like, truly dedicated. It's, like, refreshing to remember that people want to do this. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. like, I feel like I've fallen into a place where it's just, like, I can do it. You, does that mm-hmm. make sense? Right. Like, it's... I think I, uh... I have never really understood the stage fright thing, which I think is what a a lot of people is the hardest thing for them to get over is getting up there and speaking into the microphone. Mm -hmm. That was like, that's never been my concern. So. I'm I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought, (laughs) but. It's 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 nice to be like in an environment for, for the first time in many, many years where I actually feel like inspired by other people Okay, that that's that's how I'll put it. It's it's been nice to shift, I think, from being in Baton Rouge, where I'm gonna be honest, like I burned a lot of bridges uh, or, you know, I, and honestly like actively set them on fire in right. some cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, to move to Lafayette, where I will say there there is like a very strong. Base of people that are supportive, doing good work, and that want to help you. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times it can get into like, I'm fending for myself mentality mm-hmm. when it mm-hmm. comes to performing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Lafayette has been a nice change of having people wanting to help rather yeah. than just, yeah. you know, thinking about themselves first, which I definitely do. But
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no fun. It's a lot of, um, like, with, comedy is very, very, very popular right now. Yeah. So it seems like there's way more people who are, like, fans of comedy or mm. interested in it than there's ever been before. But so that you end up seeing a thing where there's a lot of people doing... There's probably even more people doing it. And a lot of people are, like, just kind of doing what they saw already. With the, You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they kind of figure out... I like this comic, so I'm going to be like this comic.
1: Yeah, that's... Which
3: kind of happens. To, I think we all do that a little subconsciously. Mm-hmm. But like in Lafayette, there's all these people like, you know, in this local scene and there's some new people that came after me and people have been doing it where it's not the same thing I'm seeing everywhere else.
1: Yeah, definitely. People
3: are getting up with like... like that's a funny thing to even be talking about in the first place, you know?
1: Definitely. It's
3: a a pretty original premises and people that are their own thing. Like that, that person doesn't sound like someone, someone, you know what I mean? Like some people you can be like, Oh, he's like this person or like, like you can tell right off the bat who's their, their number one comedian, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, it is. It, the, like inspiration is sometimes very clear in those things and it's funny that that you say that is you know because i i so i did drag for the first time in 2012 uh and like you know, y'all probably are not as involved in that scene. No.
2: Uh,
1: but, like, I feel like, you know, everybody's doing drag now. It's, like, almost the same thing. Yeah, like, it's definitely...
3: Uh, I hear about it way more. Yeah, yeah. there
1: uh, you can, like, throw a rock and hit somebody that's, like, wanting to do drag or, like, is going to try and do drag. And I do think, like, that that's beautiful. It's like a double-edged sword because it's, like, I think... So many people desperately like want to be recognized creatively Mm -hmm. and uh, being able to like find a voice and get your own platform is, I think, increasingly harder, Mm -hmm. especially if you don't want to like play certain games, you know, uh, like I don't know, I'm not on TikTok. I had a friend tell me that uh, TikTok was bad and something bad was going on with it, like conspiratorially. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I did not like I had it downloaded. He was like, you need to delete that off your phone. You need to get it off your phone. Yeah, there's
3: questionable stuff about it. even like Tyler. uh, (laughs) I don't think Tyler works for the government, but I think they do. (laughs) do, He's government contractors. Yeah, yeah, they do work for the government. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't have TikTok on any of their their phone or computer or any of their devices. Right. Because there's a security problem. You know what I mean? If they're doing business, they worry that. Apparently, there's a pro- a concern of getting hacked with TikTok more yeah, than anything don't else. Don't shadow ban me TikTok. Yeah, because <laughs> I think the other apps we're we're getting hacked, but they're like, or are, are, they're getting into our information, but they're using the information to sell us shit. Yeah, it's good old fashioned yeah. American hack. Yeah, this yeah. is like the Chinese government <laughs> trying to get
1: government. In. It's yeah, a little yeah, yeah. Where
3: it's a little more serious.
1: Yeah, I look, um, if someone tells me something and I like them slightly, I'm going to believe it and most likely do whatever they say. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do appreciate that Facebook has now like completely just become, I I don't think I've read news in over a year. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) Like, I don't, I do not know what's going on in the world. I only see things that like my phone has figured out I really like. Right. So
2: <laughs> yeah. Then,
3: yeah. Yeah. I'll follow um, less and less of that stuff because at a certain point in my life, it's like, well, I want to know just enough of what's going on mm-hmm. to where I'm not like an alien. Right. But right. like, I'm not going to be like following politics day by day. Right. Because it's at a certain point, I realize like, oh, this shit's not even real.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Really,
3: like really, all it is is there's a ruling class, and then there's us.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, and, and it yeah. really
3: is professional wrestling too. If you, uh, I think a lot of what yes, it is, not, is no there's, cuties though. There's these no characters. Yeah, they, we all know the stars. There's the Nancy Pelosi's, and then like Mitch McConnell's, and all these people. But right. th- I really think they're all hanging out in the locker room together. Like oh, good show yeah. tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I th- they're putting on the show. But uh,
0: Look, slammed, the weird, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> we're the ones getting together. We're getting body slammed. Yes,
3: <laughs>
1: We're the ones getting
0: fucked over. <laughs> well, so so the TikTok thing came up as an example of something that you, when it comes to finding your so, voice. And,
1: yeah, I guess I'm. You know, it's just you have to be able to hit somebody in that amount of time to be mm-hmm. able to build a following. Mm-hmm. You need to have a sound bite, You need to be marketable in that way yeah and uh you know i think that's like a learning curve i'm Mm -hmm. not i haven't jumped on it yet but like i think if you want to be a working entertainer or performer you have to Mm
2: -hmm.
3: if that's yeah i'm I'm not good at make like making clips and stuff yeah no Mm
1: -hmm.
0: well the capabilities, like anybody who has like the apps probably has like, in terms of technologically, the ability to kind of from a user standpoint, you don't have to be like a video editor to be able to do it. But it's there's a second aspect, that I think, is what what Drew's getting at is more the idea of. The discipline and the, str- and the strategy involved in like, I'm going to have a, well, I'm going to have a social media strategy of some kind. Yeah. It's that like so, totally so secondary to what we all as creative people really want to do. And
3: I think at the same time, though, I think some people that are doing it are like doing too much. Yeah. For like, sure. Or like not the right. Because yeah. like this, I wish I was better at it because like this podcast is a great place to get to get content to share. Mm-hmm. I, I, some people will like record every open mic set, mm-hmm. and the next day there's a clip up.
1: Right, right. And
3: to me, it's not like under, I would. I don't want to. I'm not being a hater. I'm just looking at it from my aspect where I remember, like having my wife record me do like a open mic set mm-hmm. when it's like the fourth time I do comedy. And I remember like watching it, and I did great. I really did great, you know, third mm-hmm. or fourth time. It's a good set. And I would watch it over and over, like, man, this was so good. This is so good. And there have been times I've even thought about like, maybe I could post like a little clip of this or right. something. And a few months later, watch it again, like, dude, ah, this fucking sucks. <laughs> like, this is so bad. <laughs> like, these jokes are so much better than they were. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, as old videos, I'm touching my shirt and all, you know (laughs) what I mean? And it's like, now I'm kind of, I chill a little bit more on stage. I mean, it it doesn't make me uncomfortable so much. I am you do it enough. Yeah. It's it's actually, it's like, this is my comfortable place up here.
1: (laughs) Definitely. So it's like, man,
3: I'm so glad. I didn't. I had not
1: posted. I had not posted a clip of me doing comedy until this year, and it's been like little snippets here and there. There was like one from the ghost roast, and then there was like another political joke that I had come up with. It was like hitting pretty good Mm -hmm. because uh, a very, I guess, a local mayor. Uh, mm-hmm. who's very infamous, was, <laughs> yeah. like, back running, and so I'd come up with some jokes about about him.
0: I really like that. Yeah, by the way.
1: And, uh, yeah, and, and it hit. But, you know, like, you think about it in a grander scale, if I leave a 60-mile radius, radius of the city, are, are people mm-hmm. going to know who the fuck I'm talking about? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and, like, there's definitely things you can change and interchange. But, yeah, I, I honestly think that... <laughs> I don't know. I I don't like a lot of comedy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm a very bitter, <laughs> bitter <laughs> woman uh, that doesn't laugh at much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the, I think that there's like that high though. The li- mm-hmm. you know, you post something, it gets likes, and you just I I know I yeah. want more. Right, <laughs> it's, it's right
0: absolutely. <laughs> it's very addictive. I know exactly what you mean. I I started out not wanting like, I, okay, when I was a kid, I was, I was funny. And, and, and I, people would say a lot of stuff about me being a comedian when I grew up. And then I gravitated onto this. The first thing I ever said, that's what I want to do. Mm. But as I got older, uh, went through puberty, started taking interest in, in women and started playing music. So you get a lot of positive reinforcement for that. And right. I went down this whole thing of, Oh, I want to be Tom Cruise. I want to be John Mayer at the time when I was 20, <laughs> you know, room for squares <laughs> has just come out and he was massive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, that's what i wanted and so my 20s are a lot about trying to sort of mold myself after somebody who was Chasing sex appeal and mm. and cool and and sophistication while well, also this stuff. staying abstinent.
3: abstinent yeah, 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 at the yeah,
0: same yeah. time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Wait, wait, you were trying to be, you were an abs- you're Yeah,
0: when I was I grew up evangelical. Yeah. Life, okay. For some reason, Just to get, get way much more running seriously. Running on a sexual treadmill. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> like it's true. It was it was ridiculous. And so anyway, point being, I I was going after something for a long time that was really not funny at all. Uh. Uh, There was a lot of funny things about it looking back on it, but at the time it took it all so seriously. There was just comedy wasn't a thing. So I developed, um, so comedy now pursuing it feels sort of like um, not a consolation prize because I love it and it's what I want to do, but I guess I just feel like it's something that I circled back to after trying to do a lot of other things and almost like molding who I am as a person behind these other non-funny things that I wanted to do. So it does feel like almost like a shoe that doesn't fit. So it, mm. it does sometimes feel like it's something that I'm trying. Like, if I lean into my natural strengths, I probably would get away from comedy. And comedy is something I'm having to... Um, I don't even really know how to describe it, but I guess I'm a little curious. Well, if you must you have, really like it then. I really do. If, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, so I, I guess I'm... So you, you think it's like it's like a it's like an exercise almost like you're not maybe very strong in it but you're you keep at it yeah
0: for sure it doesn't seem to come naturally to me
3: yeah yeah it's not like he playing music i think it was easier i Mm -hmm. see because you pick up a guitar and there's a book that tells you how to do it like Mm. Yeah. There's no real way to tell someone how to do comedy. There's some no. good, there's lots of good advice you can follow, but.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just has and to happen. Everyone's
3: different. Like, I can't tell you how right. for you to be funny. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think, going to make some bold statements here. Like, I think that a lot of people think negatively about, like, comedy courses, you know, like, the schools for comedy mm-hmm. they'll promote that i think Louis anderson was like the one that like the, the big name that had one i don't know anything about that program i would never pay for that i also think though that like improv is a pyramid scheme and that's probably just at very a certain wrong. point i do
3: feel that way <laughs> yeah. too like because uh, at a certain point i'll notice with the improv is like with some people it's like an it's like an ongoing education for the rest of our life. Right. And then they're paying at a certain point, it's like you should you should know improv by now. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It's right. like at a
1: certain point
3: right. you shouldn't have to go to an improv class. You should know how to do improv. Right. You, you know? would always
0: be getting better at it. So the class well, part I, is yeah, the part. It that, like,
3: but it seems like at a certain there's only so much the class can teach you. Yeah, yeah.
0: At a certain point,
3: right. Now you do improv and even though you' You'll never stop progressing. Right. But I would think you would get better at improv from doing improv more and more and more, just like yeah. stand-up. Yeah, it's you know? like
0: your therapist, like you, you, somehow you like never end up being done with therapy.
1: Right, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that that's interesting, though. I think there is... I honestly myself have an aversion to like doing things that you're not immediately good at it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's hard to eat shit. Like I remember Mm -hmm. the first month I was doing, you know, open mics, it was going great. Mm -hmm. I was getting laughs. Yeah, that's probably almost worse for it to go that way. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I think a month or a month had passed, and I went up and I told a joke, and I like remember it so vividly. I remember all, like, a lot of the times I ate shit very vividly. But, like, I am like, I will, I ran off stage crying. There's Mm -hmm. been multiple times that I have walked off the stage in tears yeah it's I, I don't know i'm it's it's the worst it's the worst feeling to mm-hmm. uh ugh, god yeah
0: well i mean look around this set and you can see that whether this is not i mean whatever this is a cheap set but it is you can look at all the detail and all of the care that I put into the things that I do mm-hmm. from the way I do my hair to the way I do my Christmas decorations to the way that I do this. There is clearly a desire to be really good at something and to mm-hmm. throw myself into it. And I'm not sitting in like a in a in a studio um, making sketches that nobody's ever going to see. You know, mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm clearly want to be really good at something and be recognized for it. I, I, I just got a little bit. I couldn't quite articulate what it is, but I feel like there's something we're both saying about um, first of all having more than one interest. You know, you you have an interest mm-hmm. in comedy, but there's also other things you want to do right, that you right. are doing. But also that whatever you do, like if you're if you're running off stage crying, but you still do comedy, clearly it's because. Whatever you do, you want to be really good at it and be recognized as such. And since comedy is so hard and also kind of like Drew was saying, you each person has to learn how to be really Mm -hmm. good at it in their own way. And there's only certain universals.
1: I think that for me, like a personal journey is like how like looking back at myself, being the person that like wallows in their misery. Mm -hmm. And so, you know whenever you want to be big and bold and then you, you know, swing big and you miss and like you, you take that to like the most negative direction. So that will get attention too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that like the thing that I've forgotten that someone like reminded me recently, I mean, th- maybe we already just said it in this conversation is like you're, this was, this is for enjoyment.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: You're supposed to enjoy this. It's not like I can't tell you like with drag, with comedy, how many times like I've kept myself like honestly for this podcast. I did not sleep last night. Mm
2: -hmm. I was
1: I don't know why I was like so in my head about it. But I was like, this is just. This is fucked. This is fucked. And then I'm going to cancel. And then that's going to be even more fucked. There's no way out of this. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah all, I was getting all that from all of our conversations. Like, I knew that was where you were at yeah. with it. But I was like, she's going to see what she gets there. There's like nothing to this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think because, you know, you know, I, I can't say that I'm definitely not the only like Publicly bipolar comedian in the world, not even in Louisiana or pro- maybe the city. Maybe I have the city going for me, but <laughs> New Orleans. I know there's there's people. Uh, but you know, my like mental health has crossed over so much so into what I who I am as a performer and like publicly and you know in a viral way. That, like, moving past that and trying to keep a public face has been something that I haven't fully, like, figured out what to do with yet, you know? Like, when ultimately, like, I, I can't say for certain what I was doing when things went down, but ultimately, like, trying to publicly... What's the TikTok term? Off yourself. You know what I'm Mm. saying? Like, that's what Mm -hmm. I did, ultimately, uh, is what it came down to in the end of it. And then, like, to not succeed in that, (laughs) and you have to keep showing up, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that was... I, I honestly, like, am still processing it, and I think that that is something i want to like learn to get power from as a performer because i think we all have things in our past that we look back on and regret or wish had gone differently or you know a multitude of things i won't speak in great detail because like honestly there's some things that happen that there might be like a statute of limitations kind of thing going on (laughs) uh yeah just disrupting public Mm -hmm. um but like, you know, I don't know. I there. I I came out on the other side and it's like, what am I going to do? Uh, like, it took me a year, like, to feel like a, honestly, like awake, like a human again. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, up until that time I would get on stage, I had, I, you know, I was, I was drinking again. I just was like, I wanted somebody to hear me. And I think that. I don't. I feel like I'm getting oh, way off. Are conversation. you doing? The, um, we're, I'm were bringing doing everyone down the, with me. Um,
3: I've seen people do this. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of one person, in particular, too. And yeah, and this was a woman also, but it's like, it seems like she needed to go, like, to a meeting.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But she was
3: doing that. <laughs> and, but you know, but she was having the denial about it. It almost right. seems like she knew. That that was the thing she needed to do, but she didn't want to accept it because mm. you don't want to. Yeah,
2: it's always like, well,
3: I'll stop tomorrow or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: she was doing it like at open mics instead, and Ooh, it was yeah. it was to the point where it was like, this feels really uncomfortable. Right. That's how we oh, would feel. That's how yeah. I felt anyway. Where I was like, this is like not even. Like, and, uh, people are laughing, but they're not laughing because she's right. doing great. It's, they're laughing because this is like a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, it's not like, I I don't even find this funny because this yes. is a person and I think this person is probably a really funny person, mm-hmm. but it seems like they, they need to get some things straight. Like, they need right. real help. Either. Well, they're in pain. And- yeah, that's what it is. They're in pain and i guess they're doing this cuz they think this will help but this isn't going to help you, <laughs> it might make it worse yeah exactly. i think yeah. it's different
1: for every person uh, you know like i honestly think yeah it it just depends on your like flavor of self destruction in that moment yeah and not because necessarily because i definitely think that there have been moments where i've been on stage and like it would be like wh- what is hap- what is this person saying and doing like this mm-hmm. is jarring you know uh <laughs>
3: And it doesn't even have to be that particular example like that. They need to be a meeting, not even an addiction thing. It could be like maybe they need to talk to a counselor or something. Or sometimes it might not even be that. deep. It could even be something like they have a problem with someone in their life or their family. Like there's this thing bothering them, but mm, instead yeah. of going, they're like, well, I'll just go
0: talk it out on stage.
1: Yeah. And have it's you like, noticed- like,
0: that's not the same thing, you know? People, audiences, if you want to write a joke about something that's painful or uncomfortable in your life, mm-hmm. the more emotional distance that you have from it, the more you are able to be funny. Because when oh, the audience yeah. senses that you're yeah, still right. too close to something yep. and you're trying to joke about it, yeah. you always end up- crossing the line yeah,
3: yeah the um the crash and burn in the moment isn't so funny yeah you know it's a lot of funny when people talk about it later oh, after right. they get you know after they yeah. get to the healthy place and then they can say hey this is because then it's like there here's this funny thing that i'm stronger because of or whatever right but they've exactly. already yeah you've already thought about you know it's it's a lot like that's where, kind of where the saying comes from. Like, we're going to laugh about this one day.
2: Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes.
1: Like, I think that, you know, yeah, I just think that some people, me included, they just want the attention in that moment. It's Mm -hmm. they want Mm -hmm. to feel heard or seen, you know, some people are new to it and trying it out and maybe like they just genuinely don't understand or that's like where they're at in that Mm -hmm. journey. Yeah. Well, what you're
0: talking about really kind of gets down to something that I was hoping we were, I even put it on the board here, the artist versus entertainer. (laughs) Yeah. Do you ever, uh, I didn't know how relevant this was going to be until we're actually sitting here in this conversation, Mm -hmm. but do you find yourself sometimes on stage or during the writing process behind the scenes? Do you ever find yourself being like, there's something I want to talk about. There's mm-hmm. something I want to say. There's an idea even that I want to convey that's big and that I'm going to have to unpack. And I don't know what's funny about it yet, I but I do want to talk about it. And then you try to like write jokes about it mm-hmm. and, you're, and you realize at some point like this, this isn't there could be something funny about this, but that's not even what's motivating me to want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. And now I'm trying to write jokes about this topic. Yeah. I feel like as artists, we're more free to say and do whatever we want. But as entertainers, I feel like comedy most of the time falls under the entertainment. I think
3: the reason for that mostly is because it's not, I don't think it's like, well, you have to like pay your dues and Earn your right to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I just think you have to be entertaining enough to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing. If you're not, if you're talking and you have people's attention to keep their attention, if you're not keeping it with laughter, you have to be keeping it with something else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so Mm -hmm. I think it's more, I think that's what the thing is, is like at least Sadiq, like he did that on the last one where there was a long time where he, like it was even like emotional, like he was talking about his sister dying or something, yeah. in a oh, very sure. long time with no jokes, punchlines or anything. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I remember watching it and being like, "I'm so into this right now," which is not usually for me to be into a not funny, a large part of a comedy right. special that's not funny. But I was like, "But this is a great show I'm watching right now." Right, you know, where it's it's yeah. almost like I would classify that that's the do, uh, the domino effect part 2 i would classify that more as a one man show than stand yeah. up at yeah. that point you know but I it do, was, i it's don't good, think that though. open
1: mics are sacred i'm going to be honest like if somebody i think like one time like well i don't think you should like commit crime uh, while you're on stage, which like has mm-hmm. happened in my time doing comedy, but like if I don't know if you want to like get up on the microphone and for five minutes just like make fart noises with your mouth, like more power to you. Honestly, mm-hmm. live your life.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I don't take that part that seriously. For me, like the artist and the entertainer is difficult because I think you know, um, for me, what comes to mind when when that topic is said is immediately like people with sexual assault allegations in the comedy Mm -hmm. community, which, you know, I think that, uh, when people have different levels of celebrity and power or, uh, charm, you know, that can like, that is all involved in that. Uh, what do I want to say? that's all part of that like equation of why that happens, why that is perpetuated, you know, but also in society at large. I personally am not able to separate things like that. Like, I definitely think like, if if I think that you are not a good person, I'm not gonna probably like what you do.
0: Oh, you're talking about separating the art from the artist kind of thing. Oh
1: yeah. Maybe I misunderstood. Yes.
0: Well, no, that's a very valid thing too. And I definitely mm-hmm. want to get into that, but I, I was curious about the pressure as an entertainer where mm-hmm. everything you has to, as an entertainer, creative expression is absolutely taking the back seat to yes. are the people entertained. Whereas if yeah. you're an artist, you it's, are you expressing yourself and are people connecting with it? are you finding some sort of audience for it and it doesn't have to be anything other than creative expression
1: that's a i think that's a really like good thing for me to like hold on to and like why having those other outlets are important because yeah comedy is kind of just what it what it is mm-hmm. you either have it or you don't there's definitely different ways to do it there's one man You know, Mm -hmm. show style, there's, you know, troop style, um, different ways that you can approach it. But there is, I think that that's such a, I don't know, I'm very taken aback by that. Like, I I guess I hadn't thought about it in that way for so long is that, you know, creativity doesn't necessarily always need to have some type of like transactional. Mm Mm hmm. Thing happening that right. it can just be what it is for what it, for art's sake rather mm-hmm. than like you know a, a more transactional approach. Right. Is, that, is that what I'm trying to say? I don't well,
0: know. yeah, because entertainment typically you you pay for it a lot of time. Right. I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. some sort of commerce attached to entertainment yeah. all the time, yeah. and so you have to be, um, you know, give the people what they paid for kind of thing, you know, give them what they're expecting, even if there's not money involved, like at an open mic or whatever. Um, and I think that for me, and this is the thing, I'm not to work this out, but sometimes I wonder if the reason that I hold on to a joke that's not working, or if I decide to write about a topic and I haven't even figured out what's funny about it. So it's like, why am I writing about, it? why am I not starting from something I know is funny and then building mm. a joke around that? Yeah. Why am I starting with premises? So it's like I could just as easily blame that on my lack of creativity when it comes to funny, mm-hmm. maybe I'm just not funny. And so everything I come up with doesn't seem funny, but it's all I have to work with out of a lack of humor, a lack of being good at stand up versus is it more, is it maybe also there's some element of if there's some creative expression, if there's some topic I want to talk about and it's not funny and I'm wanting to talk about it anyway, uh, maybe it's because I'm wanting to be more of an artist than an entertainer, uh, which means fine, go be an artist, but you can't shoehorn that into comedy.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think I'm, I also am like, Wanna, I think I'm the only person that believes this in comedy. I think that certain people shouldn't talk about certain things. I think mm-hmm. that there are certain people that can't joke about certain things. That's just yeah. my personal opinion. So, you know, like I, for me, I think when I hear certain people make jokes on certain, I guess like hot button topics,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I just think like, that should be a no for you. <laughs> you oh, yeah. should. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I was, I, I kind of figured that would come up and I really wanted to explore that with you mm-hmm. because I, I do wonder sometimes I didn't want to, when I knew you were coming on, I was like, I don't want to ask a bunch of dumb, like lady in comedy kind of questions right. and, and and just get into that whole sort of cliche. But I figured certainly you might have an opinion about, being in like a, uh, like you mentioned, like a, a lot of male voices in the room. Mm-hmm. What is it like to see some very sort of normal present, uh, not normal presenting some, some sort of like a uh, straight white male presenting kind of person get up and talk about something like when it, maybe it's drag, maybe it's, uh, something to do with sexual orientation or, or, or anything, mm-hmm. anything like that, that you know more about than they do. And they're up there making a joke from their perspective, but it's a very ignorant perspective. What is well, what is that like? and and if you have anything,
3: you yeah. know chime
0: in, but but, yeah, I'll let her answer first, yeah. yeah,
1: so I do think, like, okay, like if you're funny, then you're funny, and I'm gonna laugh.
2: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the
1: only like I, you know, if you're good, you can't you can get by, right? right? Like there's no denying funny, but if you're just gonna go up there and be like having shit fall out of your mouth for no reason, I'm probably going to vocally. Uh, make disapproving noises i'm not right. gonna lie mm-hmm. like i just i just think it's icky i think like be smart if you want to be edgy be smart don't just be right. fucking uh, i'm a cringe comic you know I yeah just, that's yeah. what i do it's like yeah you are cringy you look <laughs> revolting yeah, i don't think it's like,
3: th- i don't think like edgy or cringy or stuff it's, it's not supposed to be a goal Right, I think it but should I be a think thing for that some people it is It right. should be a thing that like. I mean, I think I say things that w- uh, a lot of stuff that would qualify as edgy,
1: mm-hmm. but
3: I never try it. If I think of something that's funny and it ends up being edgy, then it is what it is.
1: Yes. You know? Yeah. I think a lot of people are saying things for shock's sake. They, they yeah, want to have right? shock's I think value. it's
3: less funny right. that way. I think it's, yes. I think it is more funny if it's like, oh my God, that's such a crazy thing that they're saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, because, it's like but
3: because, but it's, but we're allowed, you know, it's supposed to like, it's supposed to catch you by surprise, sort of, right. in a way. You know, right. So it's not it's not supposed to be like a goal. Like, man, how can I. uh, You know, like, I want to make sure I can say the edgiest, cringiest Mm thing. you know, it's it's not.
1: And to flip that, I know for a fact that whenever I get on and off a stage, multiple people have told me you're turning off the men in the room, they're tuning, they're tuning out or you're turning them off. Uh, Jesus, offending really? them, not sexually. Cause I mean, look, no, I'm just <laughs> well, no, but uh,
0: even if you're, but from a more whatever, I, that's very interesting.
1: I have been told that multiple times that I turn off. I bet men. it wasn't by
0: anyone funny, huh?
1: Um, you know, I won't even say, I won't say that. <laughs> uh, I value very few people's opinions. Uh, so, but I've, I will say, yeah, people maybe I'm closer to have even said that to me. I mean, but I'm told in other settings similar things as well about being maybe, like, intimidating to people. Um, I think it's, it's just so subjective. And I think that for me, like, maybe it's because, like, I've had like the joy has been taken out of a lot of comedy for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just. I think like undeniably funny is funny. And if you can make like you're you're very good about, you know, you obviously like look a certain way and Mm -hmm. talk a certain way. And the way you like lead your jokes, it's. Like I think I said this already earlier. It's very much you think it's going one way, but then you like flip it, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, he's on it. He's in on in on it too. We're in this together." Yeah. Maybe we're not approaching this the exact same way, but at least I know, like, you're not a bad person. Yeah, <laughs> just right. saying. And I do
3: kind of like to stay um, the best I can. I do like to stay pretty ambiguous, to and where I, think I that's am smart because. I, To where it's like, man, I don't know. I feel like this guy could go either way. Mm, Yeah. And I kind of like that because it frees me up to say anything I want to say that is going to be funny. Because that's Mm -hmm. my only motivation to anything I say on stage Mm, is to be funny. And I want to be... I want to laugh with everyone. Yeah. You know? I I really do want to laugh with everyone because if if we're hang, if we're hanging out and we're telling jokes and all that none of that other shit really matters i think yeah. cuz i think all people well of course not all most people all think the same things are important mm-hmm. and we think that we all agree on the same... For the most part, like, these things that are a problem, we all agree they're problems, but it's like people have different ideas about how to go about them and stuff like that. Right. And then sometimes there's... Like we were talking earlier with the whole political show is like wrestling, that they've kind of been taught to fight each other instead of just kind of talk about and see where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm getting way off subject. For me, comedy is like, I don't want... Or, or, or what I like is to to be, to where, like, there, uh, there are some people with com- I've noticed with comedy that they'll laugh at jokes that are just as offensive as anything else. But then, then they'll hear the one offensive joke that it's like, they don't agree with it. So it's like, oh, well, now you're not on my side anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
3: I would kind of like, I would like someone who's, like, over here with a Trump hat and then someone over here who's completely on the other side mm-hmm. that they both think that I'm on there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. It, writing
1: the line is is an excellent skill to have. You know, for me, like, I'm also, you know, I'm sure there's also times when I get on stage and, like, the thing, one, I genuinely think that I am... Uh, mediocre <laughs> you, you know <laughs> like i definitely get by i know i can get laughs i know what kinds of things get laughs but i'm i'm not excellent uh, uh debatably good so i definitely can see like what what i'm saying on stage and the way i say it how people could be like oh she's just another woman talking about her pussy Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, well, that's the thing I was thinking earlier. I was actually going to get to that example because, like we were saying, some people say you intimidate men. I'm thinking about, like, what else are you supposed to say? You know, I think there are some mm-hmm. men that are just intimidated by, like, women talking, I think, or it, because, yeah. like, or the fact that, like, when you're on stage, you're you have a certain anybody, once you get on stage, you have a certain amount of power. It's like oh, you're up yeah. here, you have a microphone, everyone's supposed to watch you. And I think some men just don't like that for some reason because they'll yeah. often that's a thing they'll say about whenever men say as women aren't funny. And I'll hear them say that a lot of times about like, uh, so oh, yeah, I don't like her. I, I tried watching her and she just talked about her pussy the whole time, yeah. And it's like well, she didn't. Right. She did a few times, but it's like every male comedian has yeah. so much dick material. Right.
1: And even if I did, uh, like they're that's just my doing, right. Yeah. She's as not, a pussy you're not doing haver. anything
3: different than we're doing. I was like, so d- what's now, It's not a problem when we're doing it, but now it's a problem when a woman does. So it's almost, yeah. So my, my, I famous, think some people
1: just don't like women. Well, A my favorite yeah,
3: that's my famous. What I, my retort is always like, "Look, dude, if you're scared of pussy, just say you're scared of pussy." <laughs> yeah, like mm-hmm. is is it, that simple? You know? Yeah,
1: definitely. I I, I will say I think that specifically uh, the th- now I'm remembering one of the things is that I was grossing people out because mm-hmm. I, I y'all were not around. There were many long years where I literally just only talked about this time this tampon got stuck in my vagina after Mm -hmm. i had sex when i was drunk and um you know like it involved a lot of like i would ask you know a man in the audience i was like would you be able to tell if you were having sex with somebody with a tampon in you know get some audience Mm -hmm. interaction and that would go okay most of the time Mm -hmm. but you know like yeah they were like you're grossing people out
0: that seems like such a weird thing yeah, to say.
3: Yeah, that's funny. And then you got like, uh, you got Don I are getting applause breaks.
2: Yeah. Right. You know?
1: right. right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's, he never stops talking about fucking his sister. Yeah. It, it kills. So I just don't yeah. get it. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't, you know, I'm got to be honest. I, I just like, I, I'm listening to you talk about your experience and the feedback that, that you've gotten doing comedy. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, a lot of the stuff just never occurred to me, honestly. Like the jokes that you're talking about work. I love them. I remember the first time I saw you do the thing where you're feeling around on the couch cushion, oh, like yeah, back yeah, at yeah. Beer Garden, the first time I saw you perform. And
1: well, it, when it's was just that,
0: I mean, I don't know. It was a long time ago. I've, I've only been doing it for about 18 months, but okay. it's sometime in that window. And uh, I don't know. It just, it just never occurred to me that, that anybody would, would have that kind of reaction to what you're doing up there because what you're doing up there just seems like good stand up comedy to me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that a lot of times, you know, usually it's like I'll see a couple together and the woman is very like there with me remembering this moment that she's been through similar mm-hmm. as well. And then like the guy with her that's just like, Ugh, you know, yeah, I hope the pussy woman won't point at me and right. talk to me. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, I can tell you I'm a dude, but just from like dating women and being married to a woman and having other relationships before, yeah, it's a pretty common thing for women to get stuff stuck in their vaginas.
1: Yeah, honestly, the doctor told me that when I had to go, like, I had to go get, I could not get it out myself. <laughs> yeah, or like and the doctor uh, told me that as well. He was like, at least, like, this is meant to go in there.
0: Right. Are condoms coming off sometimes and
3: you don't oh, notice it so gets yeah. shoved. up
1: yeah. there? I had to fish that out plenty well, yeah. of times. What you're
0: describing is sort of like a weird combination in terms of the people's response to it not being positive. It's kind of like a weird combination of, like... um Bigotry and prudishness kind of like meeting right in yeah. the Yeah. You yeah. know, because it just doesn't make any sense to think that way. And right. it's funny, I hate to I mean,
3: stay harp on this subject of women putting things in their pussies. <laughs> but <laughs> just to circle back say to it that, more. I have to say, if I was a woman, like I'd have a bunch of stuff, but like y'all don't yeah. have pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I would have That's where so I keep much my I'd things. have chapstick up there, keys.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think and then like also I want to just factor in on a personal level being an unlikable person because <laughs> I have been a miserable cunt on many occasions to people. So there's also that factor.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't
1: know. I, I think that I'm ai am always assuming that people that aren't my like close friends are speaking or thinking negatively of me mm-hmm. as well. Because, yeah. But I just feel like that that's like the game with comedy. You talk shit. Yeah. You, that person turns around and you're like.
0: <sighs> yeah. I, I listened to a podcast yesterday uh, and it was uh, Chris Williamson interviewing this Canadian uh, professor who's writing books and doing a lot of research about how women bully one another oh. and the way that women use a lot of indirect aggression as opposed to men just coming straight at each other with fists. mm mm-hmm. And as she sat there and just for an hour and a half, just went into great detail and citing study after study after study, explaining that all I could think is how when we watched that documentary about chimpanzees on Netflix and how it was like, this is they're just describing the comedy scene. As I sat there and listened to all this, I just thought this is because you almost never hear a story about local comedians in South Louisiana collection of scenes. Something come into blows. As many times as I hear people, these are mostly men that are in the comedy scene that are having yeah. conflicts with one another. You almost never hear about them getting to a fistfight. I've wanted to oh, punch a couple people a yeah. few times, but you just don't hear about it happening that much. Mm-hmm. A lot of what happens among comedians, man, or or whatever your persuasion, whatever you, however you identify, it seems to be a lot of that sort of indirect Rolling yeah. your eyes at somebody when they, well, when they oh, look away. Yeah. A lot of comedians are fucking dorks too.
3: Yeah, that has a lot to do with it. <laughs> right, like a lot of these. And that's well, what I'm saying. A is, lot of comedians, <laughs> we're not the manliest dude. You know, right? What I mean? <laughs> we weren't yeah. the guys like meet me at three o'clock. Or, oh or, yeah, that's yeah. The thing. I
1: have straight yeah. up like had people walk in a room and I give them like recently a comedian that moved came up to me and was like, Raven, do you dislike me? And I said, yes, I do. I, I really do. And mm-hmm. I explained why. Um, and he was like, you, you just like, look at me with disgust. And I was like, yeah, cause I'm pretty disgusted by you. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: Well, see, but you know, what's so interesting about that is the idea that whoever this person was, they felt comfortable enough with you to just ask you the question and then you felt comfortable enough to be like, I don't like you. Let me count the ways. Right. And I don't know how that conversation ended. I don't know if it was productive or not. Usually if somebody asks because they're hoping to resolve an issue, I would think not that it's just morbid curiosity. So y'all had enough of a relationship to be able to have that kind of conversation.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: So that's so interesting to me that I don't know. I guess I, I, there's obviously I, we can talk off mic about it because I'm sure you don't want to just call this person out. But did it catch you off guard that they wanted to clear the air? Because doesn't that just by itself, yeah. their interest in what you think about them?
1: Honestly, yeah. Th- that is a good point. The fact that they would even give a shit. Because right. honestly, like, I think that if, if me, like, I think me and a couple of people in the local scene, um don't have don't have the best history don't have the best relationships um and but a lot of that is like you know i know that they're talking about me i'm sure they think like that they know i'm talking about them but it's never like we interact because they don't they ultimately don't give a shit about Mm. me you know Mm. uh so that, that is interesting. I think that, you know what, thinking about it, I, I genuinely think that he was interested in affecting change in what I had to bring him. Um, but we are not friends. We will not be friends. Mm-hmm. He is moved. Mm-hmm. I do not have to see him. Yeah. He blocked me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well that's
0: okay and i think i spent like probably a few people i said more or less figure out who it was but um the I, it's the whole thing just just to take it back to the idea of of indirect ways of being aggressive with mm-hmm. people i think that's i feel like our comedy scene kind of runs on that
1: yeah it I love gossip.
2: <laughs>
1: I love gossip personally. I remember there was something that went down in the past couple months where like a show had to be like there there, there, there needed to be a decision on what was going to happen with the show that certain people were booked on because of some... some things that went down and i remember finding out about it and like i went into like you know righteous fury i was like we need to tell everybody let's shout it from the rooftops Mm -hmm. and the person that told me was like i'm not really into drama like that and that took me so aback because i was like you know for me what feels like something that's so obvious about like what should be done Mm -hmm. is definitely like no, no. Let's let's just move on. Yeah. Let's just move on. And that's I think how most people approach it. And I'm not going to say that that's the wrong way because ultimately when it comes to like the influence of people in this group, uh, this scene, you know, uh I definitely am not anybody, you know? Like I'm not booking any comedy shows. I don't get booked that regularly. Uh, you know, so I think learning to temper, uh, the self-righteousness is something like that's a personal goal of mine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I recently come to a conclusion, a very painful conclusion. Uh, and I haven't really talked about this to anybody. This is kind of like a first five exclusive, but it just dawned on me for the first time really in the last 30 days or so. And it seems so obvious now the people that are the best at stand up get the most respect and then everything flows down from that. And this doesn't even necessarily matter whether the person's in a position to book people or not. There's a very simple meritocracy in comedy around here. And it's the only meritocracy that seems to, to, to be very clearly working, which is that if you're good, the respects there, whether they like you or not. And then from there, the way that they treat you is going to be very much a flow out, an outcropping of that respect that they have for you as a comic. Mm. And it is very, it's a currency that is the only recognized currency in the scene. And if you don't have it, um, it's kind of like you're an illegal alien in the, I, I know that that term is, is very, you know, but it's, it's like not being able to do commerce in the scene because you don't have the recognized currency because I heard so many people say that if you're if people like you they'll book you I see people all the time get booked and get opportunities I'm like they didn't fucking earn that I'm sorry Charles Thomas told me at one point like yeah I mean people don't really get booked around here based on talent it's you know you people like you blah, blah 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 and then I had to realize like I thought people liked me I know I'm not as good as some of these other people and it all kind of tied in like there's a currency that comes from the respect that people have for you because they recognize your talent that supersedes and all the people that tell you that you get, might get booked or you might get an opportunity cause you're a good hang or because you're a good person or because you service the scene. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just curious your, your feedback on that.
1: Um, I'm going to say that, I don't know, once again, like, I'm just very particular in what I like and don't like. And I think a lot of ain't shit people get booked around here. And this seems in particular, I can't speak. I have not been to Baton Rouge involved in Baton Rouge comedy in a long time. I have very personal opinions about the people that are kind of, um, have, uh, are, I won't say running things are, are doing things. there. uh, very personal, uh, issues new orleans i'm very far removed from that scene i only went there a handful of times but mm-hmm. like i'm of i think the only also the only person that thinks this that some people aren't good and will never be mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah i mean that it's, opportunity it's just kind of just falls in some people's laps because they want to suck dick in whatever kind of way, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't know how else to put that. I I think that a lot of it's bullshit.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: I, I I try not to think about it, but sometimes it is crazy. when then you'll see like a flyer, and you're like, "That motherfucker!" What the fuck? Yeah, right. like what the
1: fuck is this? That
3: motherfucker has never yeah. never killed before. Like for you for know? me, yeah. I'll say
1: this: like Mike Honore is like there are uh, obviously like maggie shipley uh, i'll go to the ends of the earth with how amazing and smart uh she is mike Mm -hmm. Honore, honestly like that's my local goat yeah Mm -hmm. like no one does it like Mm -hmm. him for me Mm -hmm. um But then I just think like, who are these ain't shit people? What is Mm -hmm. going on? Right. And like, there's certain, and like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a good old boy, and I never will be. And like, there's just that does well places out mm-hmm. here and i'm just like what's going on yeah. <laughs> like yeah how are <sighs> i don't know
0: if <laughs> if people are going to get opportunities they didn't earn then there's got to be some reason that they're getting booked
1: well i think there's like a lot of things that you've got to take in consideration I there there's some if ego you have slogan. like you know i you look in the mirror you're a good pr- looking presenting guy you have a family you have a home you have a lot of <laughs> things that other people don't have going on for them Mm -hmm. and like that can be off-putting to people Mm -hmm. you come off to me as just like uh sometimes like a narc like right i get that a lot yeah yeah
0: yeah, that's
3: your energy yeah uh
1: so that might be it but yeah i i like
3: i don't think it's as simple as where they're like well some people will book you just because you're a good hang no, no. I don't believe that so much because I don't see that. I don't really see anyone who's just a good hang getting booked that's not also funny. The people I see getting booked that are not funny, most of them are a terrible hang. They're the worst <laughs> hang. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Which
3: makes it. I would be more fine with it. Like that's when it does bother me when I see someone getting booked who's neither of those things. Yeah,
1: you're not nice at all. But a lot and of what bad. they
3: are is their opportunistic to where they're nice to the person they need to be nice to when they need to be nice to them. Mm -hmm. Or I shouldn't say nice because I mean, I kind of feel like I'm nice to anyone for the most part. I'm nice to everyone. It's a, I think they go over the top maybe with sometimes with, because usually the person who books the show and runs the post, the show is also a comedian So they'll usually be hosting, you know, the person that books. Oftentimes they're the host. Yeah. And they get booked on other shows and all this. So I think there's a lot of sometimes people will book people who tell them how great they are. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I don't know, I could be wrong, but with some people, that's the only thing that can come to mind. Because like I said, sometimes these people are very unfunny. And they're usually the ones that when, during, if you see them at an open mic, you're kind of not wanting to be in that area of the mm-hmm. hang. They're mm. not, they're just not that fun to hang out with. Right. Yeah. But they, they're opportunistic with their friendship and yeah. their charm or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe
1: they have the car of the group, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> they get yeah. people rides. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are you like, are you... Are you just like wondering why it's not happening?
0: Well, I generally just kind of accept that because of my comedic development being so slow and me not really knowing, is there just a really low ceiling and is it never going to get any better? I don't ever think I earned a booking. Right. Why am I not getting a booking? It's more like, I know I'm not necessarily earning it, but I know a lot of these other motherfuckers aren't either. So what is the difference between me and the other people that get opportunities they didn't earn? Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're not necessarily always, um, usually I can look at, and, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I can look at somebody and say, oh, well they book, they, they provide opportunities too. There's a trade going on here. Right? Yeah. That's when it's obvious. Tyler yeah. opened yeah. my eyes to that when he said that one is one of the first, he was one of our first guests. And he, he said like, well, I, people wonder why I book people sometimes. How about because they book me?
3: Yeah.
2: You know? so Yeah. So, there,
3: Cause there are some people that that is the only reason they get booked. I right. think it's because they. They book shows or they might even they might even book like one really hot show. So they'll get booked on other shows. Yeah.
0: So because people want to get booked on that show. So you've got people that have something to trade. You've got people who I'll look good to the community if I book this person. And there's different reasons for that as well. And then you've got the people that are getting it on merit. Uh, and then you could even see some people that are getting it because they really are. This person's my friend. They've been doing it. They're not the best comedian in the group. They're middling, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but I'll give them an opportunity too. But there's definitely like a significant chunk of them that are also getting booked. And I can't do the math on why. And I I, it's, I never wonder why. I'm so funny. Why am I not getting booked? I just don't understand why I don't well, I get some of you, those other
3: bookings. Dude, I don't really get booked either.
0: I was going to bring him up to I get booked.
3: I get booked in Lafayette by Jason and John Merrifield, and they book me as much as they can book me without someone being like, "Hey, this is you burn know, out. Uh, yeah, you just burnout, yeah, well, yeah." Or they only run so many shows. Right. Right. If I got booked any more than I did, people would be like, "I guess Drew's going to be on every show." You know right. what I mean? Right. So they, I mean, they book me. Same thing with Jacob. He books me as much as he can book me for the mm-hmm. amount of shows he has and the amount of people. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's not that much. I've had... Um, I really don't get booked in Baton Rouge. Lots of people know me in Baton Rouge. um, And mm-hmm. New Orleans, I don't really get booked. That, I can't blame. I don't really go to New Orleans and mm-hmm. do open mics and stuff. So yeah. a lot of those people don't know me. They So I can't... Right. I understand why I don't get booked in New Orleans. Nobody really knows me. Mm-hmm. The few that do... um. Brandon Haynes Mm -hmm. booked me on two different shows because the first time he, he booked Tyler and Tyler brought me to do one of his shows. So then he booked me after he saw me, he booked me on two different shows. Oh
1: yeah.
3: Nice. The only two shows he runs.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm honestly kind of surprised Isaac hasn't booked you on more because he made it very clear how much he was into you when he was here on the show. Yeah, I
3: think I am on the, uh, I think he does kind of have me.
2: Like All, you're on his radar for something. Uh, yeah, I think so. Because
3: yeah. I mean, he really what he books the distillery. That's yeah. a monthly thing, and but then he also has that other. He does a stone drunk sober out there, doesn't he? Yeah, he does that, and he does. Uh, oh yeah, and he does like that. What weight or show or whatever. Wait, what? It's yeah, wait, wait, what, wait right? what? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like and, and um, Ryan Rogers, he he came and
1: we yeah. kind of
3: came. Like bumped a, across each other, across each other's paths, like a couple times, and then it was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you want to come headline the open mic?" And he booked me. So the few people I know in New Orleans, I can't really complain about. You know, it what sounds I mean? like
1: you're doing well for yourself, Drew. But
3: I mean, you should. Yeah, but you should see the people who of who are like, I'm. I i do not have. I can't post dates. I never have mm. enough dates to okay. be able to post dates. Mm -hmm. and
1: that comes with a lot of time
3: well i'm seeing people that started way after me and are not having that don't have much and Mm -hmm. they're steady doing stuff
0: right their flyers are like do 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 all the way down yeah
3: it doesn't make any sense i will say not a lot of people i'm not making it trying to make it sound like a lot of people but it is crazy to where it's like i'm not saying i'm like i'm not saying i should have all those dates but it seems like
0: There is a have a few more. There's a bizarre discrepancy between how obviously funny Drew is and the the number of bookings that he's getting outside of his kind of home turf. It doesn't he doesn't tell me like we're not it's not like, oh, he's always crying in my ear about it. I've just observed that about him and was going to bring it up in this context is that he should be getting booked a lot more than he is. Yeah. Everybody knows, yeah. Because you said, "Well, it sounds like I'm doing good." This is uh, almost a year and a half worth
3: of time we're talking oh, about, really? though. Okay, you know what I'm I mean? Sorry, like, yeah.
1: I didn't know that that was how much time you've put behind yeah, it. Like, me, as like as far as like...
3: these are like very scattered, sporadic gigs over mm. a long period of time. Oh, okay. But I mean, as far as like Lafayette goes, like oh yeah, I've gotten uh. I can't complain at all. I mean, I I got an opportunity to open for somebody when I'd been doing mics for like two months, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: I did stone drunk sober twice Mm -hmm. this year, this past year, you know? So I think
1: willingness to travel is like a big thing and like having your face in front of people all the time.
3: Yeah. 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 Cause I know there are some people that I'll see getting booked a lot and it's not that they're, uh, they're not bad. But it's like, you know, they're working on it, you know. Yeah. And they'll get booked a lot, but a lot of times it's people that are they're single, they don't have any kids.
1: Yeah. So like yeah. every
3: night, I mean, because over here, if you want to, if you want to do a hit an open mic every night, you're not booked. You're gonna have to drive. So or even yeah. to get booked, you're gonna have to drive. And every night of their lives, pretty much, they're do they're at an open right. mic, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I get it, because they're being seen and they're putting in a lot of work. Like that makes sense that they would be getting more stuff than me. They're more, they're doing more. Right.
0: Do you think that to be funny on stage, that it helps for people to look at you and on some level, see you as a clown?
1: Um, I think that's really interesting. I think that, Whether, like, that's subconscious or not, yeah. Like, the whole, like, you know, like, whenever you do drag, a lot of times, like, that's, you self-reference, like, a clown, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, So, it's funny that, like, that's tied between the two things. Um, Yeah, I think that... I think that it, it feels good to be able to laugh with people or at people, mm-hmm. you know? So if, can you, well, can you like expound upon what you mean yeah, by that?
0: absolutely. So when you are standing up on stage, we talked about the power aspect of, you know, you be, just by uh, virtue of the fact that you're standing on stage with the microphone, that there's a power oh, dynamic in the yeah. room. Yeah. When somebody looks at the person on stage and there's anything where you feel sympathy or you could kind of pity them or there's something about them where you can say, oh, this person is kind of like falling apart for my enjoyment yeah. as opposed to somebody that gets up on stage and just seems intimidating or right. oh, they've got it all together and they're just up here laughing and cutting jokes at everybody else's expense and basically punching down. It's a punching down conversation. Really, what it comes down to. Do you think that when somebody gets up on stage, um, that the level of sympathy that the crowd has for that person, even subconsciously, plays into it? Do you think people that don't uh, elicit that side of that type of response from the crowd have a, a harder job?
1: Yeah, I definitely think that, like. I'm I forget like where I heard this first, but like, you know, nobody wants to see somebody that is like doing well. Mm. <laughs> They're cracking <laughs> jokes. Right. You know, you wanna you wanna have some type of sense like that they're building these jokes out of a low place, and right. you know, a struggle, rather yeah. than you know, like my life's great and I'm gonna joke about it. Right. You know, like yeah. it's just nobody, nobody wants to laugh at that.
3: You could do that if it if you do it from the right angle, mm-hmm. like it's a joke, like and we're in on the joke that yeah, I'm being an unlikable person, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, and like, I don't
1: think that like is being a clown like is is that negative?
0: Well, I think that there's something about the the aesthetic and the role of what a clown is that. okay, for for example, sometimes the the clown sort of
3: is the heel like a clown. The clown is the butt of the joke.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. In a way. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. I,
0: I, there's something about like the way that sometimes people use clown as a with a negative connotation to. Like look at this right, clown. Right, right. Yeah, I you do know. all the
3: time. <laughs> Cuz uh, you'd be surprised by my answer to this question if you know any if you follow this podcast and know um I'm very I don't like clowns. I'm very <laughs> when it comes to clowns I'm uh I'm going to stay in the past. I'm not going to evolve into th- these days, I'm prejudiced against clowns, <laughs> I think they should be treated like second class citizens. <laughs> I don't think they should have all the rights we have, but like as far as yeah doing it stand up, when I'm doing like as far as doing stand up, I want to be seen as like a like I don't want to be taken- i want to be seen as like it's a silly thing, it's a stupid thing, yeah. yeah, because the worst thing is I don't want like one of the main uh, one of the main reasons I don't want my dad to ever come see me do stand up. It's because like the way he watches comedy, like when he'll tell me I was watching this guy, and it's always like he, you know, he's right. He's right. Like that's not oh, the point. Yeah. Or it's yeah. like you know he makes a very good point. There's no irony. <laughs> it's like- you know, it's like, where the closest thing I'll do is be like, oh, that's interesting. How that's interesting. How he's able to take this mm-hmm. and and flip it or whatever, or you know what I mean, or like comedian yeah. how you play with logic and stuff. But I'm not watching it like from that song. Like it's you a know? rally, <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, well, he's definitely not gonna like anything I say if he's gonna be watching it like that. Right. You
2: know.
1: You know what? Though I will take it back because like that made me think about like I- I'm not like I watched very specific comedy growing up. I was very obsessed with certain specials. So like one of the you know big things like when I was. Getting into like my teens into adulthood was like the queens and kings of comedy tours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that, I like those. Like, you know, like, like those people have, like, that's not clowning to me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, being able to, like, Tignataro, mm-hmm. that's not clowning to me it's like a different level but i do think like that that's the clowns are legit i do think that they should not be treated equally as well uh Mm -hmm. but (laughs) i think that like that takes talent Mm -hmm. it takes something yeah
3: but i I get annoyed when i see clowns dressed as clowns but like doing regular people shit oh -hmm.
1: yeah no
3: yeah that gets that
1: You need to be having balloons. We're probably beating that
3: horse to death on this podcast, but I had (laughs) it. I I, from on stage one time acknowledged a clown. (laughs) Like, do y'all not see this clown? Like, he like he just knocked, and he wasn't having it because I guess he's clocked out. You know, he's like, "Hey man, I've been fucking. I've been been doing (laughs) clown shit all day. I'm exhausted. I gotta go home to my clown wife and hear her
0: (laughs) bullshit." Like, this is my time. Right.
3: <laughs> you know, like, it, I'm yeah, it's just trying like,
1: to enjoy my night. Like when you go to a
0: daiquiri yeah. shop and you see the guy who clearly just got off his shift at the plant.
1: Oh,
2: you know? yeah. That's
0: basically <laughs> what it was.
3: And I he's just like, Dude. like
1: my daiquiri. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Cause I've been the guy that works at the plant.
0: And right. That guy doesn't like, hey buddy, how you doing? You know? He's wearing a costume, because that's like what he does for a living. Yeah. Like if you if you think Chevron sucks, so do I. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Just, let's, yeah. you know, let's talk about football and give me a drink, whatever. <laughs> if you're wearing a clown costume, you're not trying to maintain any dignity. You're not mm. trying to manage people's thoughts and feelings about you. You're not trying to project status. You're not trying to do anything like that. Yeah. You are a clown. Yeah. So I feel like there is an element of stand-up where it, for people to feel comfortable and for people to be open to your point of view and to give you the rope you need sometimes to be able to tell a joke that maybe is a little uncomfortable like that wrestling joke starts off kind of uncomfortable, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so in order for somebody to give you a little bit of leeway and to be open to you, tr- <sighs> there's a certain sort of clown like aspect to common. You are, you basically already said it, like people don't really want to hear somebody get up on stage and tell jokes from the point of view of somebody who is succeeding at um, all this, all the yeah, stuff that people a motivational
1: struggle at. speech, you right. know? Uh, yeah. But like, also like people don't, they also like, it can go over the line. Like we talked about earlier where it's like, you should be at telling this to somebody with a degree, you know, like I don't Mm want to feel sorry for you either. Right. You know, but then also for me personally have lost my dignity long ago. So like (laughs) all of this, I'm just like, as long as you know, call me anything as long as you're calling kind of deal. That's how I approach, uh, entertainment.
0: All right, so we've been skirting around this all episode. I really want—I'm ignorant, I'm square. I want you to tell me what when you say I do drag. My obviously mm-hmm. the first question. I'm I'm assuming you know that everybody's gonna is like, wait a minute. Right. So does that mean? So what is that What does that look like? Because if I think about somebody dressing up in drag, I think of the cliched thing of like somebody who kind of has a masculine appearance Mm -hmm. taking on a more feminine aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And so does that just go in every possible direction? And what is that for you? Because I just just educate me because I just don't.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that drag is just kind of, you know, playing with gender expression and Mm -hmm. it can go any direction which way you'd want it for me personally i they you know they can be called hyper queens which you know is for hyper feminine Mm -hmm. so i'm just a more you know big hair big lashes big makeup big costume drag queen that's why i called Mm. myself a drag queen. that seems to be
3: like the most popular one yeah, me. I
1: mean, I, it's very fun. <laughs> yeah. There are drag kings, um, you know, which is typically, you know, um, somebody that is female dressing male, but there's also, you know, trans men that perform masculine or trans women that perform feminine, you know, women mm-hmm. women performing as women. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it There really is just no restriction drag right. is purely like it's just performance a lot of times playing with gender
3: gotcha yeah it's almost and a thing to where it's like it doesn't matter like if you want to look pretty or whatever yeah, you, just need to look good, you can be, be a girl or yeah, be a yeah. boy it doesn't matter it's kind of like almost like like David Bowie used to play with the right. gender stuff. Uh, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Which And it was
0: cool, you know? Right. But he like was that. performing music. So I'm just curious, like, if drag is that, if, if it's that broad and there's, mm-hmm. that, there's that one key element of it and the rest of it is kind of fill in the blanks, does that mean that people do like spoken word performances? Are yeah. they doing music? Or are they doing karaoke? Or like, w- it's just kind of anything you want to do in that time slot.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think that obviously, like the classic lip sync uh, to a mix, which, you know, can a lot of times very popular now is like pulling quotes from pop culture, you know, big movies or, mm-hmm. you know, moments in TV. One time I opened for um, a baton rouge metal band uh called christworm and i did a segment where i did um the uh god warrior uh wife swap speech if you're not are you familiar where Mm -hmm. okay so it's this woman from louisiana their wife swap. she gets back to her family she's very christian she was you need to just look up god warrior Mm -hmm. wife swap if you have not seen it so she's just like freaking out she's not a christian she's, you know she's dark-sided they tampered in dark-sided stuff so it's just this big long speech so i did like a spoken so the other lip couple were, the that. other couple was black <laughs> no <laughs> they were they were atheists that was a little
3: hanging fruit this joke okay you know, i was yeah. not gonna
1: take it uh you can keep that fruit keep it down there low uh i like the high fruits um <laughs> Uh, oh, now I see the dark side. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I got, you got me there. Uh, so it was a spoken word piece lip synced mm-hmm. to that. It can be lots of things. Some people, you know, they can sing and play guitar. Some people ice skate and do stuff.
0: They're big uh, on brunch.
1: Brunch is, I've noticed yeah. that
0: they do a lot of brunches. So yeah. Just going out and, and hanging. That's, what does that look like?
1: So you're like, yeah, you're eating brunch and they're just dancing. Around. There's a bunch of
0: people having a good time. Yeah. So it's like a jazz lunch at. at yes. Um, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. Right. That actually makes a lot of sense. That sounds like fun, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like very controversial and laugh yet for, you know, the hot second was, you know, the drag queen story time. Mm hmm. Yeah. which you know was oh, the library thing yeah yeah. yeah 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 which was testing to see if drag queens can read and them failing now <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> uh, or it was a program to teach yeah we're teaching drag. yes yes <laughs> that's our, and yeah. then
0: all the bigots were like no <laughs> So don't let them read. Don't I remember hearing, obviously, they'll know how to vote.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so the I, I know what the opposition I heard the arguments from the opposition about why people didn't want to do that. But I never really got to hear because. There really isn't an argument on the other side, right? It was just a fun or a, a good, good thing to do. No, i yeah. heard all the arguments why they shouldn't do it. Right. But, but it didn't seem like there was an argument for why they should do it. It was just something that they wanted to do and there didn't need to be a reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they
0: didn't need to have so, it. All. Yeah, that's the thing. I think Basically, they didn't need to give a
3: reason. That
1: something that probably is not taken into consideration is just like representation and seeing children being able to see um you know a queer person uh just embodying themselves and you know uh doing something fun and engaging mm-hmm. i think like more now you know more than ever queer representation is growing um but you know like it's important for children to see different possibilities of what someone can do right you know, i've had uh
3: i've had like certain family members like try to get me fired up and upset about that mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was like i was, I was like it doesn't i i don't understand why it, it doesn't have any effect on me whatsoever yeah. you know and that's the thing they're like yeah. you know they're coming for your kids i was like no they're not i was like you i have to take my kids and put them in the car and drive them down there Right, like, they don't have, like, drag queens kicking in our door with Dr. (laughs) Seuss, like, let me read to your
2: fucking kid, you know? Like,
3: they're not breaking into my house or anything. They're down at the library. I don't take my kids to the fucking library. Right. You know? (laughs) And I saw one guy was, I saw, like, a guy arguing on the internet. This is one of the times I got trapped into arguing with a stranger on the internet, which is embarrassing. And he's like, you know, why don't they do... Why don't they do a Bible reading to the kids? and Why don't they have that instead? And I was like, that's a good idea. Go have a Bible reading at the library. You could do it. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's the thing. I don't think enough people... You can do
3: it as long as you don't force
0: drag queens to go
3: to your Bible, Right. then then you can still do it. Just like no one's forcing you to go to the drag queen thing at the library either. It's okay. You can just not go. If it's perfectly fine to not want to go, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but to tell them, that's my thing. Is I don't think I have a right to say you can't do this thing over here that I wasn't gonna go to any. You know what I mean? Right. What does it matter? I'm yeah, not. Like, even why are you there. weighing
0: in on this? You do yeah. it doesn't affect you. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, Jesus, man. Like that's the the thing that people they take for granted. Like especially evangelicals. I can I can say from from lots of experience in that area. You get together and do that every week. If you, yeah. you know, why yeah, don't exactly. they do the Bible? Right. It's a, because yeah. on it's every street, street. <laughs> corner, there are churches every Sunday. If you want to go sit down and listen to something, but you don't get to see something like drag get normalized. Right. Right. And so that's why it's an opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's like, people just don't understand well, have, what it's like to be. You the, have
3: to yeah, the they don't majority, understand. It's the you know? same. It's the same rights. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're a Christian person, and like you don't believe in homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you think it's a sin or whatever. That's your right to believe that. I mean, I don't believe that, mm-hmm. but that's your right to believe that. The only way you can have that right is you have to also allow other people who are not like you, whether it be homosexual or whatever, yeah. to still be that thing. You can yeah. you can you don't have to agree with it or accept it, but they have to still be allowed to be the thing that they are. Yeah. Because that's the only if they don't have that right, now you don't have this right either. Right. You know, they're the same rights. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't have to agree with with someone's over there or like it or whatever, mm-hmm. but they have the right to do it. You know? Now this they have clowns reading to kids at the library? Fuck them clowns. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> I'm calling the oh, police yeah.
1: immediately. 911.
3: Oh yeah. That Come I've on. never wanted to I've never really been motivated to get out and protest.
1: But <laughs> That's where it starts. For
3: that one time I, did, I the only other time I got real close is when the uh they took the the um the Velveeta mm-hmm. with the uh spinach in it. Mm-hmm. It was Velveeta shells and cheese with spinach. <laughs>
1: yeah. And
3: they took that off the market and I came close to hitting the streets over that one. <laughs> no. Yeah, because I had to chop up spinach separately. How am I supposed to get my
1: vegetables?
3: Yeah, exactly. If I don't have it with fake cheese, room temperature (laughs) cheese.
1: (laughs) Alleged cheese. Mm -hmm. I, whenever I did a 12 step program the first time mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I was very anti God. I was mad at God. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I ah, that's, I don't, there's no higher power. <laughs> uh, and, uh, finally, like at that moment, you know, I, like I was just like truly needing something. And I was like, well, without a doubt, there are aliens just, statistically
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know could there be human life in like the expanse that is the universe probably and then we're going to get into the argument is that like a life form that we would be able to communicate with right. look that's where it becomes uh-huh. debatable and then you know if you do say yes there is um like intelligent life forms then the fermi paradox comes in which is if these if we are both coexisting why have we not interacted yet exactly and you know there's many different ways to look at that one you would need like a multi-generational spaceship to Mm -hmm. travel from our uh planet to these other beings
2: Mm -hmm.
1: or that they already have been here,
2: <laughs> mm. yeah,
1: or are amongst us currently. No, mm-hmm. I um I did get into a little bit of reading about the Anunnaki and Jesus as a human alien hybrid, which yeah. I'm kind oh, of into. that's fucking badass.
2: Yeah. i always,
0: yeah,
3: that's my thing. I'm they kind should. Of into... I'm telling you, man, they should not revamp like that new christianity instead of dragon yes. crosses down the road <laughs> yes, on yes. Podcast. they made jesus an alien mm-hmm. i think oh, it yeah. would get their numbers up way more yeah
1: so i like whenever and honestly at that time i started like praying to aliens and i received i uh, like that was the You know, when people talk about hearing God in prayer, like I I never understood what that meant. But I did pray to aliens and I did definitely like I felt whatever I was sending out was received. Mm -hmm. That's what I have to say about aliens if they are fuckable, I will fuck them. Mm. Um, that was going to be our know. next question, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm on it. Yeah, that's
0: I'm really on the it. only reason yeah. we like talking about aliens is because if it's
3: like Could a whole new... Could we fuck
1: them? I, you know, yeah. I saw a thing that said we probably couldn't. And that, you know, makes me a little bit sad. Yeah. Because...
3: Well, I can tell you right
0: now, that's a negative thinker, whoever wrote that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't know are, anything about yet. Are you really thinking yet. hard enough? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, like just watch Star Trek. That's all they were doing. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Riker stayed fucking. Mm-hmm. I
0: mean, there you could figure out
3: a way. I mean, there's people there right now there's a young boy fucking some inanimate object oh, yeah. in yeah. the house. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
1: some young women.
3: True, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's objectively easier for young women to fucking inanimate objects. It, it is true. Yeah.
1: Look, there's a hole on y'all's end.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. But uh, I, I dated a, hole, a
1: guy very, like, broom. He told me broom was his thing. Wow. I did not. That's tough. He, because, yeah, what the Yeah, no. He, well, he not only like that, issues. but
2: do
0: you, do you lob off the end of the stick and just use the part? Because, like, dude, that's a liability to have the end of the broomstick just hanging out cuz like that could just get yeah, hit just, by anything. You know what I mean?
3: There just seems like an accident waiting But happen. I mean it could seem like, you know, you could get two birds stoned at one time mm-hmm. and get off and do some cleaning. Yeah, it's <laughs>
1: That's <is> stupid. <laughs> <He> multitasking
3: <laughs> yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, you can you <laughs> walk down the hallway like this. Yes, yeah. honestly, yeah.
1: probably a yeah. great yeah. time. Yeah. Wagon,
3: for an you, you have so much thing. more time for activities.
1: But yeah, I I don't think that like aliens are. I think maybe you know, do they even is sex even pleasurable or a thing for aliens? I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. just our base human nature. I think that they are more godlike, and um, I like more mm, like above a, a level above human in my. Right view of aliens well
0: i i kind of feel like they'd have to be because we haven't figured out how to go and visit alien planets yet other than right. a few neighbors mm-hmm. in our solar system so if they even had the tech to be able to uh reach us then they'd kind of have to have evolved so far beyond and it you don't have to evolve that much we could go back to people that were around 20 30, years ago and make them think we're aliens with our technology that we have yeah So I also
1: think like there, you know, there's the argument about atomic bomb testing in the 50s and the increase in the sightings of alien activities in that Mm -hmm. area. I think, you know, the disruption of energy from the atomic bomb. Could have sent some type of message to aliens for them to be like, "What's happening here?" Yeah, it's a big and then seeing, yeah, seeing what's going on. Late forties is when it started happening. Right, (laughs) getting away, Mm -hmm. and then also I think that all historical depictions and accounts of angels are aliens.
0: Yeah. I th- i I'm very inclined <laughs> to basically believe a lot of that. I, and I've, I've, I've tried to float the idea of Jesus was probably just an alien to a, some evangelicals and former evangelicals. And they just all kind of, they, they don't, they just really, they're just, that's their sacred, you know, thing there. So they don't want to be open to it, but I just thought it would be so easy. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be that far off from the story anyway. Right.
3: He, I mean, almost his whole dad sto- lives in the fucking sky. So does he. He yeah. came down for a little while, you know, and then it's yeah. not like yeah. how it's not that much more. There's much more different.
0: Almost nothing about the story of Jesus from a Christian's perspective that would not also be true if they were just simply an advanced alien race.
2: Yeah. Almost none yeah. of it.
3: He walked on the water and stuff. Yeah. It could be a, aliens. uh That's a big thing about the crafts and stuff was the whole way they they don't operate like vehicles we have like mm-hmm. on land or even aerial there's a propulsion right source that makes it yeah the anti gravity thing and this is they don't have that they mm. take gra- it's anti yeah like they take gravity and like reverse it
1: I see That's how
3: you could walk on water yeah
1: I also think that another thing that could allow aliens to have interactive with humans is interdimensional travel, which yeah. I have not taken a science class since high school, but I am confident that that's what's happening. Yeah. I that also, up. Bigfoot and other cryptids are in that as well. They come through the interdimensional yeah. portal.
3: I've, I've heard of that too, about mm-hmm. big. That's the reason.
1: Cause, cause, Cause
3: the whole thing is like, I would always say as much as I believe in Bigfoot, If they're, like, a species, a creature, they're too large to be out there. Right. Like, but that was the whole thing is, like, if they're aliens, and there's, like, I've watched documentaries on this, uh, I'm a huge pothead, and they'll have, (laughs) like, um, they'll they'll usually where they'll record Bigfoot sightings and Mm. UFO sightings, they usually happen very close to each other.
1: That portal man, they're both. Yeah, slipping so that's on why through. that's
3: how Bigfoot ends up mm-hmm. not being really seen or or like how we can't catch yeah. one. Or like find a, a community like like the chimpanzee show, you right. know, where there's a bunch of them living in the woods right. together. Mm-hmm. It's right. cause they leave. They they yeah. turn into like little orbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I brought up the concept of whenever of uh like traveling through dimensions when Don was here, but his fucking 75 year old brain couldn't comprehend it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Save that for the professionals. Yes.
0: So we like to wrap up each episode with hypothetical question for our guests. And it's a question that we'll, hopefully illuminate um what in uh, in the guest's life rivals stand up uh in importance and meaning for you it's not necessarily stand up there there's a handful of things that that you're drawn to that are creative but mm-hmm. also would involve fame and notoriety in a right. way that that not a lot of other things do and, and in that context for me it is stand up at mm-hmm. this point and so like i thought about what i would give up in my life uh to get where i wanted to be as a comic and it occurred to me that i would for example give up sex uh for comedy
1: yeah i listened to the i watched the video where you said that with garrett and i was like what yeah that's what
3: i said too i almost quit hanging out with
2: him almost dissolved the whole podcast (laughs) i need to reassess
1: this but then Hmm. also recently like i i had been in like a like A relationship where like that was off the table for medical reasons. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I was like, I kind of enjoy not thinking about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's it's a lot that goes into it. And so if you had to make a deal with the devil so that like what the things that you long for, uh, the things that creative performing things types of things yeah that you, that maybe like i think in.
1: performance art performance artist would be like the t- a title that i would be proud to have accomplished yes um i would be willing to get pregnant with satan's baby and give birth to the baby and like let them do it with them. if they want to <gasps> sacrifice that baby that's cool right I, i'd give my firstborn
0: that was that's intense uh, and I feel like that. I
1: feel like sex is more intense than that. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: That, no. that's what I'm saying it's like they're those are comparable. I'm glad you said that because basically that really gets to the core of the question, which is just you know how important is you, the, your your passion for in this case like performance art.
2: Yeah.
1: How
0: important is it really? What what else would you sacrifice if,
1: I, if like if if this were an instance where I were giving something up and then. I would wake up tomorrow and I would be able to have access to the resources to accomplish what I want for my performance art and live in that world. Definitely uh, first born mm-hmm. right on the table. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, that's and that that's that's true passion <laughs> to yeah. me. Like that that really kind of like sums it up. You it it, it is at the pinnacle. It yeah. Is. yeah.
1: I do not want children. I will never have a child of my own. Like so it's not maybe the most meaningful thing coming from me, and maybe like the devil would read my mind and be like, no, 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 it well, has if to be go, something you want. If you go through
3: the whole pregnancy and all that yeah. and childbirth just to sacrifice. But that I would need to have lot. the yeah.
1: guaranteed money to fix the body after that.
0: hmm Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> havoc. Absolute havoc on Yeah. Mind, you right? said
3: something interesting, Michael. It is the firstborn child mm-hmm doesn't make because anybody can give up a middle kid you know
1: <laughs> yeah whatever i'm tired of yeah. that one <laughs> what's it gonna do yeah uh yeah i think man I, i'd be willing to give up quite a lot mm-hmm. to i think like my i have a friend who's a, a painter um and Yesterday he was kind of talking about like how access to like the basic resources is kind of like what's gatekeeping Mm -hmm. almost from achieving greatness. And like to think about that barrier removed and like what could be accomplished by me or him or different artists like I'd be willing to give up a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, so it's just it seems like most things are on the table. I'm so if we're gonna zero in on something, what's not on the table? What's something in your life that's so sacred <laughs> that you're like sex? Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The it would be like an immaculate impregnation. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh yeah. I you know what? I really did think I honestly could have gone without sex recently. I was like, I think I'm past that. And mm. for me, you know, I guess y'all I I haven't been knowing y'all that long, but I am a slut. Uh, (laughs) And so... Yes! Yeah. yeah. We're fans. (laughs) Big fans of sluts.
2: Love them. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I love that. Um, You know, like, but there was, I honestly was, like, thinking to myself, like, I think that maybe I am, like, past that mentally. But then, like, you know... Last night I went out or something and like, I was like, no, no, definitely not past that. Not past Mm -hmm. that at all. Um, like I think that physical pleasure is something that would be hard to give up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you because I I think that when I talk about giving up sex, I, I really think what I'm, what I'm saying there is that I'm not satisfied with my sex life. I guess that's really like, that's, that's the kind of like the thing that I'm not saying is that like, yeah, I love comedy and yeah, it it would be a lot. But obviously if I'm be willing to give up sex for comedies, because it's like comedy means a lot, but also there's something going on, you know, there's something wrong down here that why I would kind of just toss it aside. I think that when I was younger. Um, I, so I equated a oh, lot, this definitely comes from when you were younger. You? Yeah. Well, I can promise you this is a childhood thing. Yeah. And, and I'd like to kind of get into that a little bit because basically what I'm saying is I think when I was younger, I associated sexual arousal a lot with things like adrenaline mm. and a lot of it was like an ego stroke. Mm. Uh, the, I, when, when somebody, when I started realizing that there were like women that found me attractive enough to want to do that with me, that was such a massive rock to my ego at the time because it was so low. And so it was such an ego stroke to find out that women found me attractive. And then also there was the adrenaline that came along with it because as an evangelical, you know, you weren't supposed to be doing right. that kind of thing. So I always equated Three things. It was the the uh, the adrenaline of, oh, that's exciting. The ego stroke of like, oh, that's so flattering. And then the third one was um, there's a shame concept yes. uh, that's wrapped up in it, too. That yeah. I'm not supposed to be doing this. So then you get married. And as a, if you're a Christian, you get married and you start having sex. Uh, I don't think very many people these days actually get to the uh, wedding phase of their life and they've never had sex before. Mm. But let's just say that you did like me. Um, how are you supposed to be aroused by sex if for your entire life leading up to that moment, shame was a necessary component of it?
1: Yeah. And then you take
0: the shame away and now you're just supposed to enjoy sex. It doesn't make sense anymore.
1: Right. And then like, you know, if you're in that kind of specific situation, how do I know what I even like? Right. I haven't explored probably even, like, mm-hmm. your own self, mm-hmm. you know. I think that shame is is doing a lot of damage to, yeah. to people, yeah. you know, like, sexually especially because, you know, how that manifests, you know. Like, for me, I'm definitely, like, the, the gal that's, you know, sex equals love. Right. So, you know, you use it as a tool. And, you know, I, I'm definitely in a different place now than I was, obviously. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> I'm no. I'm in a different place now than I was before. Right. Um. But I, you know, ulterior motives in like connecting with people. It, it's it's you. It's just a, such a sticky mess. Sex. I honestly like did not put that much thought behind it for a long time. I was throwing it at whom whomever would take it. Please mm. just take it. <laughs> uh. And like. That's like you have to keep your energy precious because you're giving it away, at least mm-hmm. you know, I don't yeah. know
0: <sighs> well, yeah, I guess that just means I mean, i mean there's there's two there's two things about that. One is that I know that from the whole religious pressure to not have sex, usually there's a like if you go back to like study Jewish culture, there's usually there ended up being some kind of very practical reason why. Somebody would have said, like, don't eat this food or don't wear clothes made out of this material. and Maybe don't have sex with whomever all the time because there's unwanted pregnancy and disease and all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. It usually ended up being some kind of really practical reason why they told people not to do things. But Mm -hmm. then you don't evolve. Like what the culture changes, technology changes. You can have casual sex and to a great extent you can avoid and or treat, you know, anything that might happen now. So it's like the, the religion doesn't get updated to reflect modern technology mm-hmm. and societal yeah. changes and stuff. Yeah, like Yeah. That's
3: also a huge tool for like sexual predators is the shame aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they use yeah. it
0: big time, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. So that's that. And then the other one was, um, you're talking about energy. That's the only thing about really just being super casual with sex that, that kind of makes sense to me. And I, I couldn't tell whether you were saying that you had a, a shift in your mindset about it, I thought I thought you were saying that, like, take the shame away from from anything. There's still an exchange of energy going on Mm -hmm. that if you want to be more. When you start to realize how precious energy is.
1: Yeah. You're like on like you're, you know, emotional, (laughs) your mental, your physical, all of that, whether or not, you know, sex is good, bad. 5 minutes or you know 30 minutes whatever uh that's you are giving out your energy mm-hmm. right and for i mean like just for me specifically like you know there was a period of time like so like you know i had the mental health break before and after that like i was i was just like running through people mm-hmm. i just wanted something i didn't care and you know like no matter what they tell you about treatments there's repercussions honey Mm -hmm. there's repercussions Mm -hmm. physically you can get treated for a lot of stuff but and i i think like external genitalia probably you get the luckier draw with having um a penis right but the vagina Mm -hmm. oof it is an angry an angry Mm -hmm. lady that can get so it's such a delicate flower, they Yeah, it's a,
3: it's a very fragile ecosystem. Yes, yeah. fragile. Yeah. The
1: most fragile ecosystem. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to be honest. This, like, I was shitting my butt out, like, having to interact with y'all. <laughs> but, like, this, I was like, okay, I finally feel like we are people now rather than right. just me being like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, i tore some walls down.
1: Definitely. I, I definitely have a lot of walls up and this was, it was, uh, it's nice to have these interactions and remember that like, um, you know, appearances are just that you have mm-hmm. to get to, you have to give people a chance.
0: Yeah. Um, you have a date coming up yes. at least that I know about and any other dates you want to plug. Uh, so, first is Ghost Roast, right? Yes,
1: Ghost Roast, December 17th mm-hmm. uh, at Artmosphere. That's my only date I got right now. Okay. Um, My socials, uh, Instagram is um Unkindness Conspiracy, which is two terms for groups of ravens. Okay. Uh, I feel very clever by that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I hit up the open mics in Lafayette. I'm living here full-time now, so I'm excited to see people more in the in the community
2: that's it huh
0: yeah i think so all right well you guys keep plugging
2: away at it we'll see you next week